Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I am your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding and Egg Quigley as we look ahead to Saturday's racing, both at Newbury and at Warwick, especially the Denman Chase. We've got the Kingmaker as well. Loads of great racing over the course of the weekend that I'll be chatting to the guys about. Uh, and then later in the show, we'll continue with our festival focus uh, with answering the, your questions posed to the guys this time around. It's going to be finding out what their tricksy would be ahead of the festival uh, at this stage. Not long to go now at all, Ed. That's your, you know, your hashtag, your your mantra. Um, you are just around the corner, getting excited. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, George. Yeah, I should have got my T-shirt ready, shouldn't I? My merch is in. Uh, it's it's in the printing press well, at no, the moment with a no, hashtag no dress code. not long now. Yeah. So you can wear it. All, you can wear it all week. I do. It could be absolutely hashtag not long now. That I can get, get, the, get the cap on and all the schnoo, the lot. Yeah. Um, no, looking forward to it. Say just over four weeks to go. Um, the sun's been beating down. It's it's lovely at the moment. Yeah, as you say, it's all kind of bubbling under now. A lot of the protagonists have kind of uh, rolled their dice already, haven't they? With with mm. the view to the festival, probably headed straight there now. But we're into that kind of silly season now, where you. You just uh, like me, you log on the Twitter with bated breath, waiting for the news breaking and so and so is out of the festival and just, uh, you know, waiting with bated breath. It's not something you're, you're, you're sitting on a nice anti-post ticket with, but which is, uh, I think I told you that story before, haven't I, with the, uh, the, the one when I was doing my Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. I sat on Alpha Rov at 50s for the King George. I think he was into about two to one after winning the Paddy Power. I say I was looking at the... Uh, looking at the Volavants and then uh, got a text from Graham Robway saying Alfrov's cropped and he's out for the season. So put them back and uh, walked out the shop. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a, you, you do get that kind of uh, that kind of silly season now when, you know, with those, those horses coming through as they're stepping up their preparation, but um, no, really looking forward to it. And as I say, uh, but nonetheless, it's a very good weekend. This uh, racing this weekend to be casting our own. And Ed, you're off to, to Warwick on Saturday as well. First time to the track. If, if any viewers or listeners are going to be there too, should they come over and shake your hand or, or give you a wide berth? Well, I depend. Yeah, I, I was just going to see how I play on the day. No, I'm joking. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> come over and have, have a chat. I'll be happy to sign autographs and uh, and on those what. But uh, yeah, no, indeed. I'm looking forward to it. Never been to Warwick. It's been one of those courses that's always escaped me. So just going there for for, for pleasure. No, no work involved. Just uh, looking forward to the afternoon. And obviously... Um, a couple of the races on the card aren't betting heats much in themselves, but with uh, John Mon on the card, it'd just be lovely to see him glide round, win hard, how by 10 lengths, and then sets up that epic clash on day one of the festival with uh, him and Al Fabiola going toe to toe. Obviously, only a nick between them uh, at Atri over hurdles, and it'd be great to see something similar, wouldn't they, if they were both jumping the last together in the, in the arc with four weeks' time. But uh, yeah, off to Warwick, and uh, very much looking forward to it. Lovely stuff. And Andy, you know, we're going to get to the, the viewers' questions in a second, but I saw this wasn't asked by anyone else, so I'm going to ask you myself. You know, the, the, the theme of the Dublin Racing Festival was generally, you know, hot pots, generally trained by Willie Modern's not performing the way that we expected, um, looking specifically at, of course, Fasal Vega, Lossy Mouth, um, Blue Lord. Specifically with Fasal Vega, who, who we know that you were very keen on, um, Prices went out to kind of six to one for the Supreme in, in the minutes after the race. Now into to seven to two best price, which is not on a no bet. Given that you know he was lame on returning to to, to Willie's yard, given that they obviously went a ridiculous pace early on, where do you sit now on you're clearly a proven performer who's who's bombed out last time out for obvious reasons? Yeah, it, it's one of those ones <clears> where I'm not influenced one way or the other because of an anti-post bet. He was never the kind of price that allowed me to get involved, even though I thought he was the best horse in that category going into the weekend. So it's allowed me to become a little bit more open-minded. Sometimes you can get the blinkers on if you back something anti-post and it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? To, to make the excuses and say, oh yeah, this happened, that happened, and this is the reason he get beaten. He'll be a different horse next time out. But I think if I'm just looking at that now at face value, what happened the other day, despite all the things that you've said, he's a very, very difficult horse to back at sort of seven to two, three to one, based on the theory that you want a horse in general terms going into a Supreme Novices off the back of a win. I think 26 of the last 28 winners of that race have all won last time out. So it's not a race that you want to be carrying any baggage going into. So I am still a fan and I'm still not writing him off completely like some are. Um, but now, like I say, I've got an opportunity like everyone else has to back him at 7-2 when he was evens last week. But 
there's not one part of me that wants to get involved with him at the moment. Um, I do think the horse that won the race is a better bet, better value option. Um, Elete Tomp, I think five to one or whatever he is, he's a perfectly respectable looking each way alternative. You know, he won in a fast time and he did everything right. And he's the kind of horse you can ride a race on. Whereas Fasal Vega, is he going to be as good off the speed? You know, they're going to have to come up with a different plan than to what they had the other time. So there's lots of doubts about him at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I'd be... Because um, I wouldn't be wholeheartedly against him, but he, he's a difficult one to love at the moment. Yeah, I mean, my my take on it is if if you take that 7-2, no, 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 no bet, and, and he's there on that Tuesday, I don't think he'll be 7-2 on course. Um, would be my be my hunch whether or not that kind of just turns into a decent performance we'd have to wait and see um let's get into saturday's racing though now why why we are here <clears throat> and we're going to start with um the new breed cards um we've got the, the betfair hurdle of course the the demon chase um a decent day's racing as always they're the game spirit as well um not necessarily the most appealing card for punters apart from of course the betfair hurdle um but we'll go through it as we can kicking off um, with the um, novice handicap chase, uh, three runners in this one, the 115. Uh, do download the odds checker app where you can find the best prices, book your offers, free bets, place terms, and Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing amongst other tipsters. Um, Fabulous is the four to nine favourite for the, for the opener. Unanswered prayers nine to two. Curse serene nine to two. Uh, Andy, any angle into this one? Um, yeah, I think the angle is perhaps to look to unanswered prayers to perhaps bounce back to the form that we saw when he won um, two, two runs ago. Um, the reason we've got three runners here is because the ground um, is going to be good at some room, saying good to firming places because they obviously can't water. Um, but that is not a problem for Unanswered Prez, who was really good at Cheltenham when he beat Hurricane, um, sorry, uh, Railway Hurricane. Um, and then he got bogged down in the ground beyond T for um, T for three, uh, sorry, T for three here um, at the last meeting in Newbury. So he's very much a, a ground dependent horse, as is McFabulous to a degree. But um, I don't think there's a huge amount between these two. Certainly figures wise, any of the ones that we've got, Unanswered Prez has run equally as quick as, as uh, McFabulous has. Um, like I say, in receipt of quite a chunk of weight, if you're, if you're that way um, uh, inclined, then you'd certainly be looking towards uh, Chris Gordon's run, um, horse because his yard's in good form. They've got the cheek pieces on for the first time, and I imagine they've been relatively aggressive with him. They, they tend to ride him forward. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's probably the, the most straightforward and obvious conclusion that everyone would, would, would draw to, because uh, I'd imagine that McFabulous would probably be a shade of odds on without seeing any betting. Yeah, McFabulous heavily odds on at 4-9 to nine as it stands right now. 4-9? Um, Goodness me, yeah. that is short. Too short. I mean, could you just yeah. lay my fabulous at four to nine? Yeah, he wouldn't, 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 he wouldn't be getting any of my money at four to nine. Not, not many would. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, know what Ed thinks. I mean, Ed's a value man, and, but I mean, I'm sure he, even he can't come up with too, too many options in this race. But yeah, that's, it, it, I feel it like that's, that's a dig at me, Andy, saying I'm not a value man. But um, Ed, <laughs> where, where, where do you where do you stand? <laughs> uh, I, I just just swerved this race totally. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. I mean. McFabulous is always, he's, he's a nice horse, but I always get a feeling there's a little bit of a hole in him. Um, that he, He's never found quite as much off the bridle when push comes to shove. He, he always travels very well, and then there's not a lot after it. And if by travelling very well, he can use that kind of class to see off his rivals, then it will be good enough. But uh, I always worry about him in a battle, I suppose, would be the way of, of summing it up. And he went out like a light on very soft ground at Kempton, obviously behind Time Hill, which is... Uh, Kind of different calibre of opposition to this, but he's got his ground, Paul Nichols' team in red-hot form. But we're talking about yards in form. Chris Gordon, I mean, he's having a season to remember. I mean, started February with a bang, isn't he? He's operated at 41% mm. strike rate for February. That yard of flying and, yeah, not a race I'm, I've got any particular angle in. I'm desperately trying to find one. But, um, yeah, I, I'm struggling here, so I'm very happy to, uh, to sit this one out. On to the 150 now, um, handicap hurdle over three miles. Barbados Bucks, the seven to two favourite, uh, ahead of West to the bridge at six to one. Uh, Jata, Jata Louis is seven to one alongside Annual Invictus regarding Ruth eight to one. Uh, JBY nine to one. Uh, Flemingstide ten to one. Bridge North eleven to one. Sirobi uh, is sixteen to one. Nine runners here. A, a friendlier betting heat uh, for sure. Ed, how are you seeing this? 
It, it is in many respects. Uh, also, in many ways, makes it more difficult because I'm I'm kind of got three or four, <laughs> three or four here on the the short list of nine. Obviously, Barbados, but Bucks by kind of default, and the the, the power of connections uh, is, is is favourite here. And it's run two really solid races recently, off marks of 128, off the same mark again here. I was last seen finishing third in that per temps qualifier. Um, I suppose if you're kind of looking at it from that perspective and, it, you know, almost Barbados Bucks could do winning to guarantee getting a run at Presbury Park. I mean, if 1-2-8, you would get in in some years. Like all good journalists, I haven't got the stats in front of me. I did go through it the other night in terms of minimum marks to get into the races. But just something to bear in mind if you're, yeah, they've got him qualified for the per attempts and he's, he's floating around on, on one, two, eight. It, it might be a case of they, that, you know, they really need to go to the well with him in order to get him into that race. But um, look, all in all, again, an, another one I'm finding a bit tricky. I would potentially, if I'm going to roll the dice, only a tentative pick, go with Annie Lovictus. As I said, the Chris Gordon team, absolutely in scintillating form. Uh, look, he's up to one, three, nine now, but Freddie Gordon's on board uh, claiming the seven. Uh, I think this ground would be no problem at all, uh, as we've seen the evidence of that at Cheltenham um, in the back end of last year. You know, it was unseasonably dry for the November and the December meetings, and he, he pinged off that ground and then it was rain softened ground um, at Wincanton in the same race Barbados Bucks ran in, but I don't think he ever really went a yard on that surface. So uh, I think the ground's going to make a huge difference to him. So, yeah, all in all, I'm probably looking through that Wincanton. Um, that kind of wing cans and form lines is probably holding the, the, the key to this. But again, I'm, I'm boring you to, to tears here and everybody, but I've got no real strong views. I honestly think this is the kind of race you can make a case for four or five of them in here. And I've got kind of split allegiances. Um, I know Invictus, yeah, a, a family affair here. Freddie Gordon riding for his dad, Chris Gordon, seven to one. Um, best price, that's with Bet365, a tentative selection there for Ed. Uh, Andy, anything stronger? Not really, no. I'm, I'm of, of a similar persuasion to Ed, really. Um, his kind of humdrum approach is pretty much the way I see it as well. Um, so many hard to sort of get a handle on horses at the moment, largely due to the fact a lot of these have been probably wanting better ground for a little while now. But they have got disappointing form figures next to the names because of soft ground. Um, the likes of JBY, for instance. He hasn't finished off his last two races with any degree of purpose. But you would put that down to proper winter ground. He just doesn't operate on. Um, I think he could run well if he bounces back to some of his best form. He's always been a horse that Alan King's thought quite a bit of. And he's, he's spoken about him in fairly favourable terms right from his novice days. But I don't think he's quite gone on from that. They've got the cheap pieces on as well, just perhaps to kind of book his ideas up a little bit. He would be one tentatively who I'd put forward, but then you've got regarding Ruth, who wants fast ground and clearly goes well fresh and goes at the track. Fleming's tied, um, <coughs> unlike most of Paul Nichols' horses, definitely wants good <coughs> ground. Uh, when he won at Ascot last year, it was good ground, and he's been a bit iffy on, on softest surface since, including pulling up last time out. And, and I can see why Ed's making a, a good valid case out for Andy on Victors, because on his days we saw at Cheltenham in the year on decent ground, he's, he's pretty good on the yards in form. So, yeah, I, I'm struggling for inspiration here, I'm afraid. Um, it's definitely one I'm not going to be putting up on my column. Uh, but if forced to have a bet, and of course we've all got to come up with a selection to, to uh, make it fun, uh, then um, JBY would be a, a, probably about as tentative one as I could ever come up with. J-B-Y, a ten, couple of tentative selections for maybe a, a very tentative very reverse right. forecast yeah. if you wanted to um, just <laughs> spin it into a huge price. Uh, nine to one J-B-Y, best price again with 365, uh, the way to play this. Hopefully we're going to get some firmer stuff from the guys um, and yeah, a, a cracking Denman chase next up. Hitman, um, Ed, will come to you first. I know you've been a fan of Hitman in the past. Pulled up last time, um, but two to one favourite here. Eldorado Allen, another horse. This is almost the, the Ed Quigley role of honour. Just need your darling in here. Does he know seven times? I feel like you put does he know a few times as well. Um, I tipped him as a winner on the on the on the show. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. It was a win, winning tip on the show back in uh, back in November. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I have a feeling you may have put up the top four in the betting here in the last twelve months, which is pretty cool. I mean, they should yeah, rename this. Yeah, Zanza I mean, was my grand annual pick for 2022. Uh, yeah, the only 
Only one, two I wouldn't have tipped. You backed, you backed Kalashnikov for the Supreme in 2018, didn't you? I did, yeah. So the only one I haven't tipped in any shape or form is Sam Brown at any point, I think, yeah. So Is today the day? The winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's, it's a it's a good old race, isn't it? Um, some some few horses here are getting on a bit. It's just Sam Brown I couldn't have on this ground. That that would be the, the concern, you know. This, this looks pretty quick. Uh, go back to the top of the market. It's fascinating. Uh, you, Hitman, you point out, I was, I was very keen on his chances for the King George. He was going okay down the back and made an absolute haulix to one of the fences. And then Boulder Counts burst a blood vessel. And, and that was that, really. So a lot of people said, oh, well, he didn't stay three miles. Well, it was totally inconclusive as to whether he did or didn't stay three miles. He was popping away uh, kind of down the back straight, made an error. And that was that, was pulled up. So Paul Nichols is rolling the dice again with three miles, an easy three. Uh, being at Newbury, a very fair, flat track. And... Of all the horses in here, I still think he's the one who retains the most potential and the most scope to, to kind of go up to another level. With a lot of these, I, I pretty much think we we know where we are or they are regressing. That makes sense. I mean, I, I do like Zanzer. He's bonkers and he's beautiful, but he's got loads to find on figures. I don't think he jumps well enough. Kalashnikov, I'd like to see deeper ground. And at the age of 10, again, has a bit to find. I'm going to put a line through that one. Uh, Sam Brown, I said, I just think the ground would be too quick. Does he know? I don't think he'll be quick enough either. He just looks a relentless galloper. I, I just think on, on this ground over this trip on a flat track, there'll be something else with too much turbo. So, yeah, and originally I'm concentrating on the top three. Eldorado Allen, I mean, this is his race, isn't it? He's just been a bit disappointed this season in, in mm. the fact that when he came back behind Brave Man's game at Weatherby, I thought he would kick on. And he then was beaten a dozen lengths or so by Protector at Haydock, which again wasn't a bad race. And then was beaten 20-odd lengths in the King George. And it's um, the, 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 the form of the Tizar team is a big worry. I know they had Chirocco's dream, the mayor, win yesterday. But I, I think they've one winner in the last 40 runners. They've got a bit cold that yard. And obviously, he's got to give weight away here. He's got to concede six pounds to Hitman, which makes him uh, kind of the, the clear pick on figures. So I, I basically got it between Hitman and Fanny and Destreval. I think Hitman's got the most upside to him. Uh, still, he's only seven. He's lightly raced. He's unexposed at this trip. I can forgive the blip last time out. You know, Paul Nichols is a master getting these horses back. Fanny and Destreval, if there was a bit more juice in the ground, I would be quite keen on for this, just given I think this horse has got he's got very good newbie form. Two wins here. And uh, I think the kind of profile of his form is often skewed um, by some kind of suboptimal performances, like Cheltenham, for example. There's another horse in the yard, Brave Shaska, which has got very similar... Uh, profile where it seems to run abysmally at Cheltenham uh, and then gets priced accordingly and never track uh, next mm. time out. And I think it could be a little bit of case of Fanny and Destreval here, but I would like to see a bit more juice in the ground. Uh, I know the couple of times he's won at Newbury, there's been lots of give underfoot, whereas a lot of Venetians do. So all in all, I'm with uh, I'm with Hickman. I've, as much as I love Eldorado Allen, I'd hate to take him on. I, I just think he's um, he might be artificially short at 11 to 4 here. So yeah, I'm Hick, Hickman, Fanny and Destreval, straight forecast. Oh, love it. Hitman and Fanny Destreval, two to one Hitman, uh, Fanny Destreval, four to one. Um, can't give you a forecast price, of course, but look out for that. A couple of firms also paying three places here, despite seven runners. Um, you've got Skybet, uh, William Hill, Coral, Unibet, all all doing that as a Betfred and Labrooks. So, um, you know, if you wanted to take the each way about Fanny Destreval at four to one, um, just taking a slight hit, if he finishes second or third, that would be one way to play that. Andy? Yeah, uh, two trainers that have farmed this race in, in recent times are Paul Nichols and Colin Tizard. And lo and behold, I've got the front two in the market here. Native River, I think, won it three times. Uh, Clander Zobo, um, Secret um, in Besta, and yeah. uh, Eldorado Alan Ashi, of course. Uh, and Eldorado Alan Ashi, I think if he runs to that level, I think he'll win again. You know, he beat Raul Pagai and Clander Zobo, two, you know, familiar names that. Perform to a high level year in year out, proper genuine Grade One horses, and he beat them fair and square on the day. Um, I think his season's not been too bad. I mean, I, I don't think he's a Grade One horse, Eldorado Allen, but in Grade Three, Grade Two company, he's fine. Um, Protector Rap was just too good to for him at Haydock, as Ed's pointed out. Uh, nothing wrong with his run behind Brayman's game at Weatherby. I think again, a run similar to that level will um, seem the one to beat for me here. And, um, you know, the ground pops and Kempton, the combination of the two probably just didn't play into his strengths. But on decent ground, three miles, flat track, left-handed, 
he's as good as any at, at this kind of level. Uh, and, you know, Hitman does come in off the back of a pull-up last time. I don't know the excuses for him, but I'd sooner back Eldorado Allen, who proved his well-being much better than Hitman did at Kempton. And for that reason, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that he's a three-to-one shot. I'd have him a good bit shorter than that. Certainly, you know, pay a decent uh, amount of respect to Hitman because he is good also on his days. He proved that Haydock two months ago. Um, agree with Ed with um, he does he uh, does he know and, and Sam Brown. Um, I actually think we'll we'll kind of like come up with a little bit of a mad moment every now and again. And I, th- I did think Zanza was slightly overpriced because I didn't look at his overall record here at Haydock. I had to remind myself of it. I, I put him up here in a handicap over two miles six earlier in the season. Yeah, he, he bolted. I think he's only ever lost once at Newbury in about seven runs. Four from so, five at Newbury, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Something ridiculous. So, as we saw last week at the Dublin Racing Festival, I think you, at this level, when you, we're dealing with horses who um, can beat each other, depending on what side of bed they get out of, on a regular basis, it, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world if, if he was to outrun his odds, let's say. Um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like, you know, looking at Zanza coming into the winners' enclosure, think how on earth did that happen? Well, it happened because he loves Newbury. So we, we, you know, we kind of like we knew that beforehand. So I'd probably go Eldorado Allen, despite the yard not being in the greatest nick. I'm, I'm aware of that as well. Um, and yeah, with with Zanza, just probably having a little bit of shrapnel out my pocket as well, just um, just for just for the insurance. I love these ones because we've. It's a seven-runner race. <clears throat> we put up four of the horses, and I'd, I'd love to see. I'd love to see the data of who the listeners backed, see who's made the best case. We'll never know, um, but yeah, Zanza at, at thirty to one best price um, as it stands now. But that is uh, a quarter the two with Paddy's and, and Betfair Sportsbook. But you can shop around, and if you go to, to William Hill, you're getting twenty twenty-eight to one, a fifth of three um, for a horse that, as Andy says, uh, and Ed said, has a, a brilliant record here, and then. Three to one with the same firm, William Hill, for Eldorado Allen, uh, the, the one that Andy's willing to take out of the top of the market and the one that Ed wanted to swerve. Um, so on to the game spirit chase now, the grade two over two miles. Grenatine is the four to nine favourite. Head of Fun and Buell Savola at 11 to two. Alexa de Nuts, eight to one. Malistic, nine to one. Mortlock, uh, the rag of the field at 80 to one. Um, another kind of disappointingly small um, field here, Andy. Um, any way to play this? Uh, yeah, um, I, I thought about this um, quite extensively. Um, how do how do we sort of like you know wring as much juice out of this race as we possibly can without tipping a four to nine shot and, and advising everyone to <laughs> to lump on grenadine, um, which is the you know going down the blade in the obvious route. Uh, look, you know grenadine's a high class horse. We all know good enough to win a Tingle Creek on good ground. I think he could probably give most horses over two miles a race, and that includes Edward Stone and. Um, and um, an ergamin, uh, but um, yeah, he, he's he's not going to be carrying my money here at that price. I, I've looked outside the box a little bit here, and I thought, well, who's the most likely to give him a race? And unlike a lot of Venetia Williams horses, Finn and Boone Savola is probably the only one in the yard, certainly Chase, who I can think of, are actually wants and crying out for good ground. He just doesn't operate as well on soft ground, I think, because he's not a very overly big horse. Um, and he he he's, he just he just isn't as good, but give him a good ground surface, and particularly Newbury, he's uh, pretty deadly. Um, he won this race last year, beating Sky Royale and Hitman. So you know that's one piece of form that suggests that we shouldn't be overlooking him totally um, in this particular race. I can forgive him his last couple of runs as well because of obviously soft ground. If you're never in the race at Cheltenham the other day and. Similar comments apply to, to to Kempton, but I think you will see a totally different horse here uh, come uh, come the weekend um, because he's at his favourite track, and you can back him at eleven to eight without Grenatine. Mm. So I think he'll have too much speed for Mortlack. Maliistic, I don't mind him because he won a very good um, handicap the other day at Doncaster in a fast time, and obviously Elixir the nuts. You know he's he's a useful horse in his own right in his day, uh, but um, I do think Finnabur. Finn and Bill Savola is better than him. He's certainly better than him around Newbury. So I'd be fairly confident that Finn and Bill Savola would beat the other three. But we haven't got to worry about Grenatine, and we can still back a horse in this race at odds against. So there you go. Managed to come up with 11. some value. 11 to 8 <laughs> for uh, Finn and Bill Savola to, to, without the favourite. 
Yeah, 11 to 8 with Skybet, that is. Uh, only two firms out with that market at the moment, Bet365 and Skybet. So every chance that, you know, another might stick their head above that as well. So that's why it's important. Don't just go straight to, to Skybet. Check out the odds checker grids. Use the app. Find out where the value is and punt it there. Uh, Finding Bill Savola, 11 to 8, best price at the moment. Ed's shaking his head. He's, he's thinking he's still tipped 11 to 8 shot. <laughs> no, he's thinking he's taking the words out of my mouth, I reckon. I'm thinking I've been an absolute clever clogs at 11 to 8 without, um, ex- yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same bet here. I would be going with Federable Civilla uh, 11 to 8 without, I think, Granatina win comfortably on this ground. And um, yeah, uh, pretty much every reason Andy said. I mean, this horse form figures 1 2 1 at Newbury. He's never one of these Venetia Newbury love affair horses uh, where the form of the horse just elsewhere doesn't match up but bring him to this course and he's absolute mustard I mean if there was one worry with Funnable Civilla uh, I take Andy's point on ground it would be more uh, he was runner up to Nergamine obviously in the champion chase and I just wonder if that race has left a mark with him because since then he, his form has absolutely dropped off a cliff he was pulled up at Atria after that he came home last in the Tingle Creek he was beating the distance at Kempton over Christmas and then in the uh, rearranged Clarence House chase he never went a yard and was was more or less tailed off there. So there is that worry uh, that he might might have just gone. But I, 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 by and large, I don't think there's a lot else in here to, to get him at it. And if he's going to show his old spark, coming back to Newbury on good ground is exactly where Fenable Civilla will excel. So, yeah, I, I'd have a go Granatine to beat Fenable Civilla on the old uh, exactor or of uh, more appeal. I'm totally on board with Andy here. 11-8 to eight without the Nichols hot pot, I think, is, is fair game. Great stuff. You disagreed on the last bit on the same page uh, there. Um, on to the Betfair hurdle now. Um, Philly Bay is the 7-2 to two favourite uh, here um, for Emmett Mullins, who we know is pretty good uh, when he brings him over this side of the Irish Sea. Um, Philly Bay 7-2. Uh, Rubod is 15-2. to two. Hacker de Plas, uh is 9-1, to one, as is Ekar Allen. Uh, Monviel is 11-1. to one. No Ordinary Joe, 11-1. to one. Master Chewy, 12-1. to one. Teddy Blue, 14 to 1. Okan Risk is 14 to 1. Florian Fortune, 18 to 1. 20 to 1. Dear Mark in New York City. And Favois and Highway 102, 33 to 1. Bar those 18 runners. And Andy, it feels like a kind of annual tradition where the winner of this suddenly becomes a lot of people's shrewd outside pick for the Supreme. And then they go to the Supreme and run below par. Um, is Who do you think is the one likely to, to follow in those footsteps? Or is there a potential star who could now, in what looks like a very open Supreme, go forward and take that chance? Um, yeah, I don't think we've got a Supreme novices hurdle horse in this uh, race uh, this year, unless Master Chewy does something incredible. Um, because, you, you know, you're looking at quality horses. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of their names now that, that run in this. My tent to yours, I think he was one, wasn't it? Um, mm. thought, I'm sure there was a thing of John Joe's. Was it Get Me Out of Here, was it? Was that another one? Yeah. Ed, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think we're dealing with that kind of horse, you know, who, who is a genuine sort of grade two, grade one horse in the making. Zarkander Zarkand- as well, didn't that win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kal- and, 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 and in recent years, you've got Kalashnikov, yeah, you got Al Dance yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Soaring Glory. Recession proof, didn't that win for you? Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Getting out of here, there. My, my brain slid a time machine for ten years ago. You can see, uh, George, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then he, sh- yeah. then he should have got splash, splash of ginge, two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, in the bulk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, yeah. when you when you're talking about a lot of those horses there, um, you, you mentioned in the trainer quite a lot of times, and that's Nigel Twist and Davies. He just has an uncanny knack of either winning it or even if he doesn't win it, running a horse that runs damn well in it. Um, I like to move it second in it last year in the same colours as Master Chewy. Um, I think God Your Dreams was fifth behind Pick Dory or Soaring Glory. Uh, and in the year that Pick Dory won it, I'm, I'm sure he had the fourth horse home as well. The name escapes me there. I'm sure Ned could do a bit of research while I'm... Uh, Bally Andy with... won it. Bally Andy won it, did he? Did he... Bally Andy won it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's won it with um, Spicer Ginger, you mentioned as well, and Al Dancer. So anything that Nodges Twister Davis runs, and he's only got mm. one in it this year, you've got to take note. And he's snuck in here off bottom weight, Master Chewy. Yeah. I don't think his level of form adds up to a massive amount, but I do think the horse that beat him last day at um, Plumpton's nice. Um, one of those Noel Feely horses, um, Hansard for the Gary Moore team. Um, he was second to a nice horse with Nicky Henderson's the time before Attica. 
and he uh, was third to um, the much vaunted Picar, probably more to do with me, uh, making him a horse that he isn't um, at Chepstow. But it's still good form because Hollenbach was in that race, and if Hollenbach was in here off 10-4, he'd be even money. Um, mm. So he has got some interesting form lines. He's actually been dropped in the handicap and the mark. With, he's gone from one two six to one two four for running second to Hansard, which I think was odd. Um, yeah. But it, either way, we to strip it down. He won't mind the ground, um, and he comes here as a typical Nigel Twist and Davis horse that runs well in this race. That's what I'm getting at. So at twelve to one, I think we're looking at five six places if you shop around. I, That's I think... one of the best price for you. You've got um, yeah twelve to one six places Skyback. Yeah, he's running enough good time figure races, even though he's a novice, to suggest that he'll be handy enough off off bottom weight. Uh, so I'd definitely have him on my shortlist. I'm a massive fan of Filey Bay. I, I know the previous owner, and even though he sold it to JP, he didn't say, say, sell it to JP because he genuinely wanted to, if that makes any sense. Mm. I just think he made it an offer he couldn't refuse. Um, and he was, yeah, he, you know, he's he's kind of like, Almost like um, JP's teaser nowadays, isn't he? The, the, the old owner, the old owner <laughs> with the, you see whatever horse he seems to get with a bit of potential. JP get, comes and gets it, the shunter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he sold Noble Yates as well before he won the national. So he's he's, he's very much a seller, Paul Byrne, um, but he's a shrewd op- operator as well. And, and he's Evan Mullins, and I think they've had this race on their mind for quite a while. So I'm led to believe. Um, and I do think Akar Elaine is an interesting runner. I was prepared to put this horse up last week in the race at Gaelic Warrior won, uh, the old Piers Hurdle, as they used to call it back in the day. Um, Ed will know that. Um, but he was, a, he was a late defector because I don't think uh, JP or Willie Mullins thought that it was a wise option to take on Gaelic Warrior, who got in off an incredibly lenient mark of 143 and made it look uh, rather easy. Uh, but he's a genuine grade one horse. We know Icar Allen's just short of that clash based on his um, sort of triumph hurdle campaign last season, but he did run well behind a horse called Merlin Giant, who uh, coincidentally was trained by um, Emmett Mullins on his only start of the season. But he, he made an incredible amount of ground up from the back of the field. He was the only one of the horses held up that day to make any inroads into the winner. And I upgraded him, and I've been waiting for him to run ever since. Uh, and the fact that Willie's missed a home soil race to come over here and pitch him in this race. Uh, even though Filey Bay's in it, he's not going to be in there as a pacemaker, um, then I think he, he's overpriced. So my way of playing this race would be to back both Icar LN and Master Chewy each way at the best prices you can possibly get. Um, four, six or seven, six, five, six places if you can get it. And hopefully one of them will be there or thereabouts at the very least. Yeah, Icar LN, um, you're getting nine to one best price. That's for five places. Um, okay, but- that's good yeah. enough. You can get eight to one six places with hills, um, which might be yeah, yeah. Like I say, if you ship around, yeah. If I'll be, I'll be amazed if one of those is not in the frame. I mean, Icar Allen's a genuine good horse. Master Chewy hasn't proved it yet, but he could, like I say, he's one of those slippery Nigel Twist and Davis horses that you could, um, you could make a serious case out for. Yeah, Master Chewy, twelve to one. Uh, Ed, how are you playing this? Yeah, I'm two versus the field. One of those is Master Chewy, definitely on board with this horse. He got bogged down in uh, in a bog. I thought it plumped the last time out in a bit of a muddling affair. I don't think it was a bad run, albeit, it, you know, on the face of it, it's disappointing. It had to be turned over at four to seven. Again, he travelled like a dream in that uh, to a point. And, but the, the key runners, as Andy says, is that uh, that Cheltenham December Novices run where he was runner-up to Attica. Um, again, the, the form of that I don't think is too bad at all. Uh, the horse in fourth, Paul Nichols is... Time for a tune has, uh, has come out and won since. So, uh, and again, just watch the way that race was run, though. Um, Master Chewy looked like he was going to win by half the track uh, at, at one point. And I say, say, petered out would be doing him a disservice. He was beating the length of the quarter, but he didn't quite find as much as we thought. That was on the uh, the new course at Cheltenham, much more of a stamina test here to Newbury, back on better ground on a flat track. I think he could travel off a strong pace and kind of be delivered late, if you see what I'm saying. And if you go back to that uh, earlier in the season, obviously he would have, he would have won at Ascot, would he in that in that decent oh. race if he, if he hadn't crashed out at the last. Um, I still got mem- um, hot, hot nightmares <laughs> of that one. <laughs> Sorry for that one, Andy. But, 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 but point being, I think he will. Um, I think he will travel into the race as good as anything. 
and I agree, 12 to 1 each way, six places looks, uh, I'm hard to, I find it hard to boot him out of the frame. So I've gone with him and I'm looking at that, another horse at the bottom of the weights here, Deer Mark for Sam Thomas uh, and Charlie Deutsch is just on a bit of a roll at the moment, arrives here on a hat trick, going through the gears, <coughs> sneaks an ear off 125. His, again, his overall profile to form, nothing to write home about yet. But uh, he's just totally unexposed. They said he's got that kind of massive upside to him. Uh, no weight here. Ground, bit of a question mark. That is, his improvement appears to come on soft ground. But he, he did bolt up in that Hereford bumper on, on decent ground last season, beating a, a horse of uh, Paul Nichols called Lallygag, who's gone on to be a, a mid-130s rated hurdler. So I don't think that the ground may be too much of a problem. Like, his, his dams are... He's a presenting mare. So, uh, all in all, I'm at the bottom of the weights here. Look at those, the, the totally unexposed low-weight sorts. I'm Master Chewy and Deer Mark, my, my two each way versus the field. Deer Mark, uh, best price, 20 to 1 um, at time of recording. That's standout um, with Bet365. Um, it's, 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 happened, it's happened again, uh, George. We've got those uh, gremlins in that uh, uh, must be tapping into our... Chat <laughs> um, yeah, because no sooner as we mentioned or you did, Master Chew top price twelve to one, six places with Skybet. That's gone. Gone. Yeah. No tens. Who's who's betting with Skybet? And the three no, of us. Definitely not. My hands are here. Yeah, it's not me either. Um, <laughs> Master Chew, yeah, our top top best price with Bet three six five. Um, on to the. We, we don't have any prices for the four ten. Um, we do have prices for the bumper, surprisingly, um, with William Hill. Um, Go towards a seventy-two favourite, Meatloaf four to one, Fireflyer nine to two, Shinji seven to one. Most of these are just having one run coming into this, um, and also in you know in the four ten, um, maybe not a novice hurdle befitting the the quality of the rest of the of the card. Uh, Andy, anything to flag in the from your speed figures in, in either of these two? Yeah, there is. I I, I want to get with a a race uh, in particular at Huntingdon the other day, which I'll flag up because um, I do think the horse that won it of John Joe's is quite a nice type. Um, also called Imperial Bead, who travelled ominously well throughout the contest and got the job done with a bit to spare. Uh, but he beat a horse of Lucy Wadham's called Arcoob, who uh, Ed will know quite well, I'm sure, um, for, off the flat, although he's not really a, much of a flat man compared to his uh, National Hunt <laughs> um, kind of um, background. Um, but he's a good horse, Arcoob, on the flat. Um he was trying by Willie Jarvis and he won quite a few handicaps on fast ground. I think he ran reasonably well in the Cambridge, if memory serves me well. But he does want a strongly run race. Uh, so I think that's why one of the reasons why he, he ran quite well the other day. But he could definitely brush it with his jumping. There's room for manoeuvre in that department. I didn't think he jumped with any great degree of fluency uh, to Huntington. Whether it was the right way round for him, I don't know. But he was out on the wing. I think Bryony Frost was at pains to make sure that he was seeing his hurdles. And she took him right on the outside. So he, he, you know, he had plenty of daylight. But in doing so, he kind of, like I say, jumped to his left a little bit and lost a lot of ground. I massively upgraded his run. I thought he was the one to take out the race other than the winner. Um, he was well backed on the day, which suggests that you know, they, they liked him. They, they, they thought he'd been you know, he'd doing enough at home to win a race of that nature. Um, and with that run under his belt, A, for fitness and more experience and, and um, you know, um, likely to come on for it mentally, I think he'll run a really big race um, at Newbury on Saturday and the ground won't bother him. And one to mention in the bumper as well, I think Fergal O'Brien has got to be the best target train, trainer of bumpers in the country. I know he has another Cheltenham Festival bumper winner because Willie Mullins always wins that. But to be fair, Fergal probably doesn't consider that uh, you know, as a race he can win. But when he mm. does plot his way around all the other listed races... Here, there, and everywhere. I mean, he, he turned over uh, the hottest <coughs> favourite the other day, Queen's Fortune, down at uh, Market Raisin with a horse he hadn't had, uh, that hadn't run for a long time. And he's got a here called Go to War, who really impressed me with the way he won at Utoxida on his debut. He was well backed. He was given a typical Paddy Brennan ride, dropped him out the back, rode him with loads of confidence, came through strongly at the end. Uh, he beat a nice horse uh, called Fingal Bridge. Um, I think Ollie Murphy might train him. He went on to win next time out at Chepstow. And they pulled well clear. And the time was incredibly good for the for the quality for that kind of race. Um, so on good ground, which he won on first time out, he's got his good ground again. I'd be expected to see go to war running a nice race there in that final listed bumper. Go to war seven and two, but 
uh, best price favourite with William Hill. Oh, is he favourite? Uh, that's a bit disappointing. I thought he might be a bit mm. bigger than that. And then, um, yeah, no prices yet for Arcoob in the the 410. Um, anything to add on those two, or should we get over to Warwick, where you're going to be tomorrow? Nothing in the penultimate race. Uh, the bumper, normally uh, races I avoid like the plague, but by far the horse jumping off the page of me is uh, the, the bottom one on your card there, Martin Keithley's uh, Shinji, who uh, mm. was with Roger Varian, absolutely hacked up. You know, I, I, I had to double check I was not, you know, I know I'd had a couple of drinks the night before, but I, I looked up at the card and I saw Fakenham and Roger Varian uh, there with a runner in the bumper. <laughs> uh, I thought I was absolutely seeing stars. Um, and this horse absolutely just took off. Um, I wonder if Roger was there, faking him in November. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, it absolutely took off. Uh, one half the track. Subsequently, it sold for 60 grand, gone to the Martin Keithley team. Uh, the yard are flying, the Keithleys. And uh, yeah, Sam Twister Davis put to ride. Uh, he's the most excited, could be anything. You know, um, he's at Kingston Hill from a King's Best Dam. I mean, uh, yeah, f- fantastic uh, flat pedigree if you like, and it'd uh, be really interesting to see a good ground over two miles here. He might just have some serious gears, this horse. As I say, it just really took me surprised of, hey, the way he won, who, who the connections were, and yeah, subsequently has exchanged hands for a fair bit of money and gone to the to the Martin Keithley team. So yeah, I'm going to, might have a tickle on Shinji, just a subjective, but the way in which he won a, a nothing race at Fake and did make me sit up and take note. Yeah, Shinji there, seven to one um, with William Hill uh, impressing Ed uh, for Roger Varian at Fakenham, as he says. Um, We'll move on to Warwick now. Before we do, I'm just going to mention the Racing Weekly are having a live show at the George Pub in Chiswick on Monday, the 6th of March. Uh, Rishi Passad and Sam Turner will be there. That's £10 for a ticket, which gets you a pint and a pie as well. Um, So do... Uh, get on the Ozchecker site where you can find all the details there. We'll put them in the description to this, to this on YouTube and the uh, and podcast as well. Get your ticket. Uh, it should be a great day. Getting some festival pointers from the guys uh, racing weekly live on Monday, the 6th of March. Um, yeah, tenner a ticket, pint of the pie. What could be better? Um, on then to Warwick now. I'm sure you'll be having a couple of pints and a couple of pies here, um, Ed. Um, we'll start with the, um, with the Kingmaker and then we'll just do any other business because we haven't got loads of time. Not the best betting heat. John Bond, you know, looking to um, throw a counterpunch to Al Fabiolo's win at, um, at Leopardstown last week. Four on here. Uh, Haddock Sazobo, 11 to 2. Uh, seen a few shrewd customers just thinking that Haddock Sazobo might be a spot of value there. Um, Bass Rock, 20 to 1. And Calicho, 50 to 1. Um, John Bond, four on. I mean, it. This isn't one to get too excited out. Do we expect this to be a procession or, or could Gary Moore's horse spring something of a of a, of a surprise? Uh, I think it'll be a procession, to be honest with you. Uh, I respect Hadas de Zobo. I think they'll come home in race card order, uh, in, in betting order, to be honest with you. I don't see any kind of surprises lurking in here. Look, yeah, it was a, it was a brilliant performance from the, the Gary Moore horse last time out over course of distance. Um, I mean, ran off like the clappers, didn't he? Uh, and made them all really go on very deep ground. I, I just wonder if, it, you know, a bit flattered by that, if truth be told, and if they kind of grab the bull by the horns and don't mess around here and get on with things with John Bond, I just wonder whether um, that might kind of break uh, Haddock's Zobo's spirit, if, if you like. And uh, also on this much quicker ground as well. Uh, I mean, it was really deep here. Uh, at the start of January, it's amazing, really, in, in the space of four mm. weeks, how the, the ground's up to. And that, that's something to bear in mind here. I mean, I think it's officially good, uh, with the odd good to soft place, according to the clerk of the course. And it's going to be dry in 13 degrees on the day, last weather forecast I looked at. You're looking at proper good ground here. This is going to be rattling for this time of year. Uh, I think that will play against the, the Gary Moore horse. Basically, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get enthusiastic about it. I just want to see a nice spectacle. John Mon go around 10 lengths on the bridle. And as I said, no kind of silly business of him unseating or going lame or something stupid because him against Al Fabiolo um, as the, the, the second race on your cards at Presbury Park in four weeks' time is a race mm. that really does whet the appetite. We love those those big clashes. And so often in racing, George, we know they don't materialise for one reason or another. So looking for John Mond to come through unscathed, get the job done, and then onwards and upwards to uh, to Presbury Park. Andy, any, anything to add to that? Do you, do you expect it to be the same? I, I, I don't quite think it'll be the absolute complete and utter cakewalk. Um, the time figures that we've got Haddock's the Zobo doing are very, very favourable. Not quite as good as John Bond. We've got John Bond running 74 twice. 
and we've got Haddock Stazobo running a 72 twice. Now, obviously, there was a bit of a chasm in quality, but the numbers actually, furlong per furlong that they did in their respective races, aren't that too far apart. So I do think they are wise to roll the dice with Haddock Stazobo. Certainly around a track that he likes. It's not as if he's mm-hmm. not uh, tested around Warwick. It suits his run style. It's a front runner's track. I think for that reason, I think this race is really interesting to watch. How John Bond goes about it, how connections go about uh, applying John Bond to the race. Do they try and make the run? Because I think ideally he'd want an uncontested lead. Um, They might just have to play second fiddle and and take their medicine early and drop him in behind and say, well, let's see how he gets on in behind horses. So they've got an extra string to their bow for the arc because that race is obviously going to be run at a helter-skelter pace. I actually don't think John Bond sets the standard in the Arkle division at the very moment in time. So he has got to throw a counterpunch back in the direction of Al Fabiolo. I think sets a very, very high bar. Um, I think he should be favourite on what he did um, in Ireland the other day. That's just my personal opinion. Because I think that race is just a totally different kind of environment to what John Bond has been in so far. He's been allowed to sort of like, not potter around because he has run two good numbers, but you know what I mean? But that, that the Irish Arca mm. last week I'm getting at was just a complete worldie of a race that yeah, yeah. had everything. You know, they went a million from the start. All the best Irish horses were in it and only the survival of the fittest uh, came through. So I do think this is going to be a very, very intriguing affair. More intriguing than the betting and getting involved with financially. And let's face it, Haddox and Zobo's last two horses that we, he beat have both absolutely hacked up since. I know in lesser grade, um, but, you know, the second and the third of, of more than Frankie's form. Um, so, yeah, I do think that's, like I say, probably going to be a little bit better viewing or more intriguing viewing that, that, than the odds suggest. Interesting stuff. Um, could be yeah, not quite the possession, according to Andy, as, as we think for, for John Bond here. Um, Ed, you're going to be there. So I'm guessing you've been through the card here in some detail to make sure you're coming back with your pockets bulging. Um, <laughs> what, are your, what are your best bets on the day? Uh, I think the <clears> stolen <throat> silver in the opener could defy top weight in a mark of 154. I think the ground's absolutely come in his favour. He's been a bit unlucky this season. Uh, he was going well enough in the, in the Paddy Power Gold Cup um, back in November uh, when unseated four out, the form of which is working out an absolute tree, isn't it? Il Redito's come out and won since. Midnight River come out and won a huge pot since. Obviously, Garlaw would have been second at worst if he hadn't capsized it the last in the Skybet chase. I think French Dynamite uh, did he chase home a, a decent horse in a grade two last time out in Ireland. So that, that form looks red hot. Uh, and then Stolen Silver last time out, uh, as I said, obviously chased home Midnight River on ground that I think just had gone for him. Um, I think it was as soft as he would have wanted. And I think in the circumstances, that is a, is a very good run. Uh, much happier on this surface, so I, I'm taking him to defy uh, Mark 154. I expect Leven Voice six to, to four. Win. I'll just say there, six to four, six. best price as it is. Yeah, yeah, six to four. Uh, in the second race, I'd expect Leven Voice to win. Uh, the only nervousness I would have would be on ground this quick. Uh, you're looking at genuine good ground, they've made no kind of have hidden the fact uh, that she's very happy on, on deep ground. Um, actually spoke to Johnny Burke about her. He, he's not as worried, he doesn't think, uh, about the ground as perhaps we're all making it out. But it, it's got to be a slight concern that her best form has all come on on very deep ground. Uh, she met quicker surface, didn't she, when she went over to Fairy House and uh, she didn't see which way Brandy Love went. And that could just be Brandy Love was in a different postcode ability wise to her, but it's got to be a slight quirk. If you get in involved at four to seven, <clears throat> I wouldn't be shocked if the, uh, the old campaigner in there, I'm going to have a, a, a little quid in. I'm going to look at the without markets or Maven back. We know indefatigable for Paul Weber. She's 10, 25 to one. Yeah. She's a spring horse. She's won this before. She loves good ground. And on the figures, she doesn't actually have all that much to find of BHO rating of one four two. You know, she's she's not all that far behind Love Envoy, especially as far as much as the, the prices would lead you to believe. So uh, a bit of a race on treading with caution there. We've covered the Kingmaker. Uh, on to the 313. We don't have prices for it yet. Uh, I think expect uh, that Holland back we've been we've been discussing on the show, I expect will be at a fairly short price for this. So um Probably a race I'll be looking for some each way value uh, elsewhere. My best bet on the card, so it comes in Ooh. the in the three forty eight. 
Uh, it sounds like a bus timetable, doesn't it? But I'm with the uh, <laughs> I'm I'm with the Dan and Harry Skelter combination here. Heart of Duderi, um, who's who's had had his niggle, shall we say? But uh, absolutely hacked up here on stable debut in a novice hurdle at the back end of 2021, and that was a really quick ground. Uh, Travelled smoothly, um, hit the front and hit the turbos. Looked really smart. Uh, subsequent to that, I uh, didn't run a bad race at all. Uh, when going to the December novices at Cheltenham, actually came home last, but I don't think it was all that bad a run when you when you look back at it. And then subsequent to that, was off the track for the best part of a year before reappearing uh, at Exeter just before Christmas and um, finishing runner-up to um, that horse of Venetia Williams, who was a <coughs> progressive progressive sort of uh, jello. Um, now, I, I, again, that was uh, extended 2-2 on very tacky ground. I just wonder where we got a little bit worried out of it, and it's totally plausible that he would have needed the run. Uh, given such a big absence. So all in all, coming back to the place is happy hunting ground, back to the minimum trip on quicker ground for mark of 117 here. Um, I, I, the same mark as last time out. I think he's still open to improvement. So yeah, hard to do dairy for me in the 348, George. Hard to do dairy, seven to two best price as it stands now. Uh, Andy, anything to add um, in terms of the, the, the card at Warwick? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether... Ed pays any attention to what I say, but he, he might want to he might he might want to re- revise his nap of oh, the no. day in in that in that three um, oh, no. four, three forty no eight. Um, <laughs> there's an incredibly well handicapped horse in that race, better handicapped than the skeleton horse. Um, it, this horse has caught my eye apps every single time that he's run this season, and they've just been riding him wrong. The ground's been wrong for him. Um, it's the thing of Stuart Edmonds is um, bubble doobie. He, he went into my notebook. I don't think anyone missed him first time out beyond Tamoris at, at Chepstow. He was absolutely tailed up. Well, he wasn't tailed up. He was right out the back turning for home and he came through, sighed through the field and the actual racing post comments were eye catcher straight away. You know, they put that, the cat's out of the bag, you know, any fool could see that. But obviously Tamoris is a you know genuine grade one horse. Um, Sergeant Wilson the third has worn out of office the fourth horse, bolted up next time out at Chepstow, beating two subsequent winners. I think he's still in the Supreme Novices. Pembroke was seventh, who was a genuine grade two horse. Uh, General Majano, who was eighth, he got beat 20 odd lengths. He won the other day at, um, I think it was Fontwell. So that's that form line done and dusted. Um, and then he travelled really well um, again at Ascot next time out. He kind of cut out a little bit. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with his finishing effort, uh, although he did get hampered by Master Chewy of at last. But again, you know, we're, do- we're talking good novices, you know, at Ascot. And then he, he travelled again well last time at Ludda, but the ground was poached. It was that horrible winter ground that they say it's good to soft, but it's basically good to soft, soft in places or tacky. And he got there travelling again on the home turn, but he just didn't quite see it out again against the likes of Pembroke, Weston Zephyr, Amron Sage, who... I think it was odds on the other week at Ludlow when they called the meeting off, uh, the Henderson runner. So he's been in incredibly deep against genuine 130, 140 horses. He's, got, he's been given a mark of, a, of 113 <laughs> for his opening gambit in a handicap. Um, if there's a better handicapped horse in that race, I'll, I'll be amazed. So if they ride him correctly, i.e. give him a bit of a chance. Uh, and I think the key to him is good ground. I don't think he's wanted soft winter ground. And he's finally got his conditions. So he'll be travelling as well as anything off the home turn. So I'll be surprised if he's not involved in the finish. Five to one best price of the stands at the moment. Uh, Ed, any, any, anything to add to that? No, no. I'm looking forward to hard to do dairy winning. Um, but yeah, no, um, <laughs> but no, on a good point, we're, we're going to come on in a minute. We're going to come on to our, uh, our Trixies. Um, so in a kind of perverse kind of way, actually, uh, Bubble Doobie. If it does win, uh, will massively frank the form of one of the horses. I'm, I've got in my uh, my Cheltenham Trixie, so it'd be it'd be slightly bittersweet. It will soften the blow to some extent, shall we say? Yeah, as long as you haven't got your darling in there, Ed. You can't. You've got oh, to sack him. He won't. Uh, he won't. Won't be rated high enough to get in there now, will he? No, I think. But no. um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll come to that in a minute. Um. Right. Well, I mean, what we were going to have a look at. Um, at Navin, but we're recording this at the time where, where fine entries are just kind of coming in now. So there are no real markets. I mean, is, is there anything, I mean, it sounds like Blazing Carl might be making a, a long awaited return to the race course, um, Andy, which could have some say in the, in the stairs market. That would be great because um, 
you know, we could we could do some extra additions in the um, in the stays <coughs> hurdle, um, and it'll make it even more uh, interesting if Blazing Carly's one of them because he's the one left that has got the most untapped potential. And we thought we might not see him at all this season, but if he has got an entry, mm. then you know they have hopefully gone him back on track. Um, if he wins on Sunday, he could easily be favourite for the for the stairs, and that that includes Tiopu and home for Lee, home from the Lee have already put down reasonable markers. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm looking and, the, to... and the French horse has been declared as well, hasn't it? Best yeah, limited. exactly. So I mean, all of a sudden the stairs from looking a bit of a dead rubber and a bit of a you know what on earth do we do with this race kind of thing. Um, it's it's shaping up. Like quite a lot of the festival races, all of a sudden it's becoming more mm. of an interesting betting race, like the Arkle, like the, the the Mare's Hurdle with Honeysuckle et al. in it. Um, you know, the the, the Facel de Vega, Vega defeat the other day almost all of a sudden has given an extra spice of life that the um, or an injection of life that the, the Supreme needed. So, you know, I think it's only like a month away, but, we, you know, it's, it's starting to get really competitive now, some of these races that we thought, probably were not so um, just coming out of the Christmas period. Right. Well, we're going to move on now to the questions posed to, from listeners and viewers uh, to you both. The first one's just for Andy. The second is, is for both of you. Um, would Andy have sounds Russian as an each way gold cup selection or have another route for him? Seems to stay on in a very strong race. I feel like you've, you've answered this already, haven't you? Um, although at the prices now, maybe the, the value has gone. Um, yeah, I still think he's... Look, if they roll the dice with him, and I'm hoping that they do, because I'm going to say, what have they got to lose? I mean, I, mm. I think it's I think it's a year where, if you, if you take away Gallup under Champ, it's about as wide open as you, you'd probably see. Um, he's already beaten Noble Yates and Protectorat. I still think Protectorat's a player. Um, I certainly think Noble Yates has got to be in the conversation the way he kept on the other day, but... For me, Sands Russian was the horse to take out of that. Um, what was the name of the race now? The um, Cotswold Chase. Cotswold Chase, yeah. Sorry, sorry. thanks, thanks, Ed. Um, I, I just think they rode him completely wrong. Um, he's used to sort of coming off the speed and powering on late on, having hit a bit of a mid-race crisis. So I think Sean Quinlan who rode him, he couldn't believe it at the top of the hill when he was in front. He thought. Christ, I've, I've, you know, I've got to keep my foot down here. I don't want to disappoint him. But in doing that, he was he was in for virtually a mile, over a mile, mile and a half from home. And that was very much uncharted territory for, for Sands Russian. And in the end, he succumbed to a horse who was probably given a breather and, and, and went and picked his pocket late on. Um, and a good horse in that and a horse in your. But I came away thinking, my goodness me, that Sands Russian is definitely up to that quality. And if you're talking favourably about a horse in your protector out in Nabil Yates, who are still way shorter than in the betting. You've got to have Sands Russian in that kind of bracket. Um, and I think if they if they ride him differently in the Gold Cup and give him a bit more of a chance, uh, and not perhaps be so kamikaze with him, he, he'd be um, he'd be one to certainly factor in from an each-way perspective. You'd still get 25 to 1 for him. Yeah, still get 25 to 1, but that's um, without none on no bet. You might, given you know what the connections have said about the, the possibility of not taking up the um, you know the the chance, you might want to possibly take what 20 to 1 the sky yeah. bet, which is 20, 20 to 1 9 running no bet. You know, there's four firms now that are going on running no bet. Um, yeah, was it? Was it might, might be slightly less than that. You, yeah, no, I, think, I think it's more. I think it's yeah, more now. They're, you, they're all they're all on the odds checker grids. On a Cheltenham grid, and you look at the top, and you'll see that there's a line for for NRNB. I'd sooner back him than Statler. Put it that way. I think that's the most craziest price horse of the entire festival. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what? Why would you want to back that at six to one? Mm. I mean, is there any way that that can possibly win a Gold Cup? <laughs> I think it's, if it started, if it started now, it might win. Right there, you go. Fighting talk from Andy. Um, on to the second question now, and it's time for the festival Trixies. Uh, what would the win Trixie look like for the festival as it stands today, Ed? Well, I've got a, got a little bit adventurous. Um, obviously, we've got, we've got we've got each way. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, I've put some big Long prices in. Head, after all. We, yeah, yeah, you can do it. Win if you want. Yeah, uh, I've got one shorty in here. Uh, Jerry Colom for the Brown Advisory. Uh, I was going through this race. I think it'll be a five-runner race. And he's three to one, and I think he'll start about eleven to eight. Um, and if Sir Gerhard swerves the race and goes the, the another route, it could be a four-runner race. 
Uh, I don't think he's going to have a whole lot to beat. It's going to be him against Time Hill in a match. And I'm not totally bought on Time Hill. Anyway, Jerry Colom, leg one. Uh, and then we are rolling the dice with the big ones. Um, a, a familiar friend from last year is back. And I think he's got uh, even better claims 12 months around. And that is Cam Prond to win the Coral Cup who uh, was fourth in it last year, if you remember rightly. Uh, this is a horse you must have good ground. And uh, you'll remember, we all remember it very well. The Wednesday of last year's Cheltenham Festival, the, uh, the Amazonian rains arrived. It turned into absolute <laughs> carnage. And I think he still ran an absolute stormer to finish fourth there. He did that off 140. Uh, he then went over to Pudgestown and got his, uh, got his just reward, shall we say, bolted up there in Pudgestown on good ground. This season's been a bit of a mess. Uh, over fences, didn't take to them. He's had a couple of spins over hurdles, I'm sure, with a sighted of this. Well, um, those green and gold connections uh, have got him in here £2 lower than last year off 138. Uh, he's £2 lower than replacing it last year when the ground went totally against him. I think he's a stone better horse on good ground. Um, and I think he's 25 to 1 or there or thereabouts, or 20s non runner, no bet. Um, there is obviously the chance they could go the, the conditional route if they wanted to, but I'd be shocked given how well he ran in this last year. So Cam Prond is leg two uh, in the Coral Cup there, George. And then on to leg three is the one we were, I was talking about. It'd be bittersweet if uh, if Andy's bubble doobie does hack up <laughs> because uh, I, I think Pembroke, 14 to one in the county hurdle, is still absolutely crackers price. I think he could start about nine to two, four to one favourite. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling to find a horse ahead of him in the betting that will line up. And I was going through, I haven't got the grid in front of me now, but I was going through about seven or eight of them below him in the betting. I don't think will line up. Uh, Dan Skelton has all but named he will be running in this race. Uh, the Yard have a phenomenal record in the county hurdle, don't they? Um, they've won it two or three times, haven't they? Uh, third time Lucky was placed at West Cork. Uh, third time lucky won it. West Court went close in it. Um, did Basher win it? Uh, they had the other winner four or five years ago as well. It's, mm. it's almost the it's the one race they target all year. Uh, Pembroke fourteen to one. His price is starting to contract. Um, I've backed him a little bit bigger. I think there's still loads of mileage in that price because I'd be shocked if he wasn't at least half that price on the day. There you go. So that Trixie, um best price with Boyle Sports. Uh, Jerry Colom is nine to four. Campron sixteen to one. Pembroke fourteen to one. Eight hundred twenty-five to one. Uh, the treble. Uh, that's Ed's Trixie. Andy. Yeah, good good picks there by by Ed. Um, love Jerry Colom. Um, really impressive the other day. Didn't like didn't fancy his chances at Sandow. Thought the ground was too quick for him. Thought the trip might be too short for him. And he beat two real good markers who run well against the wheel whacker. Um, Mon Morale and particularly Thunder Rock. I thought Thunder Rock ran his race. Mon Morale didn't. So he's got to be a very, very good horse. Jerry Colong, um, absolutely adore him. Uh, and great pick by Ken Pembroke as well. Um, I think that's there's plenty of sense behind that. My three are two from the Dublin Racing Festival based on their times. Um, the first of them is El Ete Tomp, who, who runs in the Supreme Novices. I think nine to two for him. It's probably one of the each-way steals of the meeting or the betting current at the moment. I can't not see him running well. Um, I'm still surprised that Fasel Vegas ahead of him in the market. And so mm. he's and he's almost certain to run. I think, I think Willie Mullins will go Fasel Vega and he'll Ete Tomp um, in the Supreme. And I think he'll run Gallic Warrior and um, Impere Pass in the Ballymore. He's not going to run all four in that. And I think he'll split it two, two in one and two in the other. So I think he's good value at nine to two. I'm I'm still surprised that El Fabiolo isn't favourite for the Arkle. He should be um, on that Irish Arkle form, and I think he would have beaten John Bond last year at Aintree. He got badly hampered. There was a horse that fell in front of him, wasn't there? I think three out. Um, he's a bit ignorant to his fence. I think I think John Bond's a more secure chaser, or he's got a better technique than El Fabiolo. But I think El Fabiolo's got a better engine. Mm. And I think if he jumps a clear round in the arc, and that is the big if, then he'll ha probably have too much for John Bond um, coming up the hill. But it's going to be a fascinating class either way. But I do think two to one still available for El Fabiolo is a good value. And I'm going to have to stick with Impervious. She's been my pick all year for the Mayor's Chase. And again, she isn't favouring in some firms, and she should be. Because I think she's got a better body work than 
uh, um, allegory Devasi. So I've got no reason to desert Impervious. So there's my three. Impervious for the Mare's Chase. Uh, Il, Il Etomp for the Supreme and El Fabiolo for the Arkle. Ilete Tomp nine to two, Al Fabiolo fifteen to eight, Impervious is seven to four. Those are the best prices with Skybet. Um, the treble coming to a slightly shorter, forty-two to one. Uh, thank you both very much for sharing your tips, thoughts, insight uh, with us. Loads in there today. Uh, hopefully some some winners in there too and some value. Um, as I say, do check out the Racing Weekly Live uh, with Rishi Passad and Sam Turner on Monday the 6th of March. £10 a ticket with a pint of pint at the George Pub in Chiswick in London. So do go and check that out. We'll put the link in the description here. Uh, do download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets and Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning of racing. Um, and we also do check out the Cheltenham Super Service as well. Um, which is a specific chat around, at the moment, the festival, the Cheltenham Festival, bonus video content there. We're about to record a preview of the Mayor's Chase and the Mayor's Hurdle. Um, so do sign up for the Super Service if you want to hear the guys' thoughts on that. In the meantime, uh, enjoy the racing. I hope Ed has a great time at Warwick. Uh, we'll speak to Andy again next week as well. Uh, and please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly. <laughs>